Welcome to the Red Words Podcast, where we pursue a personal relationship with God the Father and His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Join us weekly as we deep dive into the dynamic and oftentimes curious Holy Spirit-inspired Book of God's Word. In the previous chapter of Revelation, God has thoroughly dealt with the origin of evil and its effects upon earth dwellers. Now, he dives headlong into the world's false religious systems and how their clergy lead people to worship other humans or things, and not God. In Revelation chapter 17, we meet the whore who, for millennia, has swept mankind away from God's will. Here is Revelation chapter 17, verse 1. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and spoke to me. Come with me, he said, and I will show you the judgment and punishment of the great whore who rules over many waters. God is wrapping things up now, and he addresses all the world's religions that, according to Pastor Chuck Smith, have damned the souls of so many men. In Matthew 7, 15, Jesus warned his disciples to beware of false prophets who will come looking like sheep, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. How thoroughly this describes the world's many man-made religions who have convinced people to abandon God's love and seek something else instead. Some of these religions have replaced God altogether. They've written their own books, totally separate from God's holy Bible. Others have counterfeited the word of God. They've rewritten the holy scriptures to declare themselves worthy of worship. These religions place themselves between their congregations and the Lord Jesus Christ. They encourage worship of many different people, often calling them saints. They even encourage worshiping the Lord Jesus' mother instead of Jesus. What happens in every one of these ungodly usurpations is a man-made idol or human being receives that which was supposed to belong to God. This wickedness intentionally breaks two of the Ten Commandments, the first two, in fact. But why did mankind seek this fallacy? Because man-made religion attempts to provide humanity with a way to gain control of their own destiny. Except, God's Word repeatedly states that the outcome is totally opposite that which people seek. The deceit dumps them into turmoil and confusion and despair. So straight up in verse 1, we learn that every man-made religion and all those who follow after them will be judged and punished. Here is verse 2. The kings of the world have committed adultery with her, and the people who belong to this world have been made drunk by the wine of her immorality. God views the worship of man-made religion as adultery, and therefore the entire group of man-made religions is described as a female prostitute that world leaders and their congregations fornicate with. Knowing this, we go on to verses 3 through 5. So he carried me away in the spirit to a wilderness, and there I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that was full of blasphemous names and had seven heads and ten horns. Now the woman was dressed in purple and scarlet clothing and adorned with gold, precious stones, and pearls. She held in her hand a golden cup filled with obscenities and unclean things from her sexual immorality. A mysterious name was written on her forehead, 
Babylon the Great, mother of all prostitutes and obscenities in the world. This angel removes John into a wilderness setting to further define who this woman prostitute is. Right away we see that she's sitting on Antichrist, the beast who blasphemes God and his nations. This whore has some control, for a while anyway, over the world's political system. Pay special attention to how she's dressed, for the colors she chooses to wear are those from the Roman emperors and the subsequent Roman church who adopted the false religion called Christianity. Then there's the fact that she's draped in every type of material wealth, also similar to the Roman church. The whore holds a golden goblet filled with disgusting things and proudly reveals her name for all the world to see. In Greek, mysterion means a secret revealed. Therefore, the whore is no longer concerned about hiding who she really is and what her intentions are. The fact that she uses Babylon and not Rome in her title is interesting until one does the historical research and discovers that many historians referred to Babylon as Rome and vice versa. Okay, but why Babylon specifically? Because Babylon came into power prior to Rome. In scripture, Babylon is the symbol of confusion, where ancient people attempted to build a tower in hopes of communicating with beings who lived beyond earth. God would not allow them access, and he confounded their single language into many languages. Therefore, when they could no longer communicate with each other, they were forced to abandon the Tower of Babel and mankind scattered throughout the world, forming nations from their respective languages. Babylon was also the first great world city, and Nimrod was its king. According to scripture, Nimrod was a mighty hunter who was against God. All forms of pagan and occult practices originated in Babylon. As Babylon was conquered by future empires, they too adopted these practices. Babylon was conquered by Persia, followed by Greece, and then all the way to the Roman Empire and subsequently to the Roman Church. Interestingly, Nimrod claimed to be born of a virgin and demanded to be worshipped. Those who did not worship him were killed, and many who did worship him were sacrificed, particularly children and young women. In addition, Nimrod claimed he was gored by a boar and died, and that his body lay in the woods for three days and then was resurrected. But it gets worse. Historians claim Nimrod was born on December 25th, and he demanded his birthday be celebrated by cutting down evergreen trees, bringing them indoors, and decorating them with gold and silver ornaments. Large parties, gifting, and orgies completed the celebration every year. Did you know that evergreen trees are the pagan symbol for eternal life? But hang on a sec, there's more. Nimrod also demanded people celebrate his resurrection date each spring by coloring eggs and worshiping rabbits, the animal who represents human reproduction. Additionally, I'll put this out there for anyone who wants to do their own research. The Christian religion has been led on a pagan wild goose chase for 2,000 years because the Lord Jesus Christ was born on the 29th of September and he was crucified late afternoon on Passover, which was a Wednesday that year, and he was resurrected the following Sunday after Passover Sabbath, thus proving the scriptural references that he laid in the tomb for three full days, 
unlike what Christian religions believe today, which is Jesus died on Good Friday and was resurrected on Sunday. Do the math. That's not three full days. Now, there is another comparison to be made from all this. Without God, mankind finds themselves tremendously confused, and they attempt to remedy that confusion by worshiping themselves, or some idol they make. All that accomplishes is additional confusion, but we see throughout Scripture how mankind built golden baby cow idols and clay and wooden statue idols to worship instead of God. But God set up a perfect and simple order. Choose his son to receive salvation, redemption, and justification, and that person gains access to God. There is no requirement for any man to get in between what God has already ordained. And yet, that is precisely what humanity does in their man-made world religions. Unfortunately, not long after the Lord Jesus Christ ascended into heaven, people began to deny what he taught because they sought their own authority, power, and control over potential new believers. These men who lived in Antioch at the time had gained a little bit of knowledge about what the Lord taught, and they took that tiny bit and fashioned their own way. They used their minute knowledge to lord it over others who didn't know any better. These poor new believers thought they were following Christ's teachings. In fact, these deceivers gave themselves a new name, Christians, as Luke tells us in the book of Acts. These poor victims ended up accepting some guy's twisted and convoluted views, views that were not even close to what the Lord Jesus originally taught. What did these usurpers hope to gain by placing themselves as the go-between God and man? Power, control, and money. No matter how hard Jesus' disciples and apostles fought this trend, it found its way to Rome and became the official religion called Christianity, and it continues to this day. The Lord Jesus Christ never used the name Christian to identify his followers. His disciples and apostles used followers of the way, but more commonly, they used the term believers to identify themselves and their congregations. Now, here's verse 6. I saw that the woman was drunk with the blood of God's holy people who were witnesses for Jesus. I stared at her in complete amazement. The world's religions that are absent of God kill anyone who refuses to believe in them, and this whore is drunk on their blood. All one needs to do is read their history to know how many believers have been killed by the world churches. One in particular, whose single world leader spends much time dressed in purple and scarlet robes. But the murder is not limited to just that one Christian religion. And poor John couldn't believe what he witnessed, for he'd been one of Jesus' disciples that had attempted to stop people from following the Roman church and the false prophets of his day. And right now, people still have the opportunity to turn away from the world's false man-made religions and come to God through his Son. In verses 7 and 8, we begin to learn about the upcoming one-world political rulership. Why are you so amazed? the angel asked. I will tell you the mystery of this woman and of the beast with seven heads and ten horns on which she sits. The beast you saw was once alive but isn't now. 
and yet he will soon come up out of the bottomless pit and go to eternal destruction. And the people who belong to this world, whose names are not written in the book of life before the world was made, will be amazed at the reappearance of this beast who had died. The angel begins to explain the seven heads, which will be the world regions under Satan, Antichrist, and the false prophet. The future kings of those regions plus the satanic trinity make up the ten horns. We know from the book of Daniel chapter 2 that King Nebuchadnezzar's dream foretold the coming world kingdoms. Egypt was conquered by Assyria, then Babylon, Persia, Greece, and Rome. But Rome will be in two parts. And why is that? Because Rome 1.0 was never conquered by another nation. Rather, the empire just sort of fell apart into pieces, and those pieces of each attempted and failed at some point to form a one-world government. So that beast mentioned in verse 8 was Rome 1.0. That empire is no longer alive, but it will be drug out of the bottomless pit for a time, and then God will destroy it forever. But first, Rome 2.0 has to rise, and the Bible tells us that will occur under a one-world government. Anyone can take a look at the current World Economic Forum map and see their seven financial regions. Also, as covered in previous podcasts, the original ten world regions will be reduced to seven after Antichrist brings the peace treaty to Israel, because Scripture foretells that sometime within the first three and a half years of the tribulation, Antichrist kills three world leaders and consolidates their regions with the others. Now, verse 8 shares with us that when Rome 2.0 shows up, earth dwellers will be amazed. So let's move on to verses 9 through 11. This requires a mind that has wisdom. The seven heads of the beast represent the seven hills where the woman rules. They also represent seven kings. Five have already fallen. The sixth now reigns and the seventh is yet to come, but his reign will be brief. The scarlet beast that was but is no longer is the eighth king. He is like the other seven, and he too is headed for destruction. Our angel friend is telling the listener they must have a mind filled with wisdom. Our present-day commentators and theologians agree. Here is their prevalent theory. According to the above scripture, the seven heads of the beast represent the seven hills where the woman rules. Well, there is only one place on earth where a country resides within the city of a different country. Rome, Italy, claims to be the city of seven hills, and Vatican City is a separate country inside that city's boundaries. The Vatican has their own government, financial system, police, etc., According to Wiki, Rome is generally considered to be the cradle of Western civilization and Western Christian culture. And of course, everyone knows where the Roman Catholic Church resides. Five kings have already fallen. They would be Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Persia, and Greece. At the time John received this vision from God, Rome was in power. So that would be the sixth empire that verse 10 refers to. Rome 2.0 is yet to come, but that reign will be brief. 
Antichrist, who was assassinated and supernaturally brought back to life, is the scarlet beast that was, but is no longer, and in this future time will be the eighth king, the one world ruler. An Antichrist, like the seven other empires before him, will be destroyed by God. On to verses 12 and 13. The ten horns of the beast are ten kings who have not yet risen to power. They will be appointed to their kingdoms for one brief moment to reign with the beast. These kings have a single intent, and they will give their power and authority to the beast. There are ten original regions with their respective kings until Antichrist kills three of them. The remaining seven kings have a single intent, which is to give their power and authority over to Antichrist. Here are verses 14 through 18. They will make war with the Lamb, but the Lamb will conquer them, because He is Lord of lords and King of kings. And His called and chosen and faithful ones will be with Him. Then the angel said to me, The waters where the prostitute is ruling represent masses of people of every nation and language. The scarlet beast and his ten horns all hate the prostitute. They will strip her naked, eat her flesh, and burn her remains with fire. For God has put into their minds a plan that will carry out his purposes. They will agree to give their authority to the scarlet beast, and so the words of God will be fulfilled. And this woman you saw in your vision represents the great city that rules over the kings of the world. Remember from the previous podcast that Satan, Antichrist, and the false prophet call forth the reptilian beings who force earth dwellers into the valley of Megiddo, all in preparation for the battle of Armageddon. Satan's intent is to war against the king of kings and lord of lords. He foolishly thinks he can win against the one who created him, and in doing so, Satan will destroy every single one of the earth dwellers because King Jesus the Lamb of God, will conquer them. King Jesus brings his army of angels and beloved saints with him as witnesses to their destruction. The angel is kind enough to explain to John and subsequently to us that the waters upon which the whore rules are the people of earth who choose against God. The angel goes on to say that even though the kings and people of earth fornicated with the man-made religions that originated in Babylon and then moved to Rome, still they hated those religions, for now they realized they were led astray. In their hate, they destroy the city on seven hills, they strip it naked, they rob it blind, and they burn it to the ground. But why? Because God will fill their minds with his plan. His purpose is to destroy anyone who does not desire him and who turned their love away from him and gave it over to Satan instead. We learn in the upcoming chapters all of the reasons for God's purposes. They are amazing and wonderful and filled to the brim with his absolute love for humanity, but only for those humans who use their gift of free will and choose him. Finally, the angel verifies one last fact. The woman whore in John's vision, who parades herself around dressed in purple and scarlet robes, who decks herself in golden jewels, who has the wealth of the world at her disposal, represents Vatican City, that place that right now rules all the kings of the world. 
All one need do is watch our current world leaders kiss that ring in subjugation. There is only one remedy that overcomes the onslaught of today's man-made religions, and that is the covering of the Lord Jesus Christ's sacrificial blood, which he shed on that cross for all mankind. Jesus alone is worthy, and he alone can save. And so, dear friends, take heed of the Holy Spirit-inspired Word of God today as you seek a deeper personal relationship with Him. Thank you for joining me. And know that the Lord Jesus Christ loves you so much that He died for you. Amen and Amen.